My name is Steven Passaro. I'm Paris-based. Uh, I have created my own label uh, three years ago now. Uh, fashion designer um, and I specialize in tailoring with the use of technology, specifically more 2D packaging software uh, as a use for virtual sampling uh, and product development. Amazing. I'd really like to hear about how you got into fashion in the first place. Why did you want to become a fashion designer? I know that you also studied at the London College of Fashion, so that must have been amazing. So I'd love to hear about that as well. Uh, so my journey was like not a straight line. It was more like a self-discovery journey. Um, because when I started at the beginning, you know, you do a foundation in applied arts. Um, and I was good at that because you do a bit of everything from communication, uh, textile, fashion, but also architecture. And the bad thing at the time is, well, you know, in France, we have to choose one path. You can't do everything at the same time. So it was really hard for me to choose. So I decided to do architecture because I thought it's safer as a, as a career. Uh, but then when I did my two year degree in set design, I really wanted to do like a fashion internship. So I did work for Dior as a visual merchandiser to do pop-up store and window design. But what I only remember is that me spending most of my time looking at clothes and garments, how they were made. And I was really intrigued on how, okay, I want to learn that. I want to understand the process of making it. Um, and remember we had a sample sales. So I went there, I bought a first um, men's uh, tailored jacket and I was like, oh my God, okay, I want to do that. So I kind of changed in the middle and I was like, okay, I won't continue for like a master's in architecture. I want to do fashion. So I applied in France and I got rejected because in France, if you did, you don't do a BA in fashion, then you're not allowed to continue as in fashion. So like, well, you know, my dream is London. So let's apply to, at the LCF. Uh, so I applied to LCF, got into LCF for the first year in like kind of like graduate diploma. Uh, got a diploma, applied for the MA in menswear. Uh, did have the budget at the moment uh, at the time, but I was like, okay, you know, let's do it. Got into the MA, applied for the funding, got the funding. Uh, so luckily, yeah, I got uh, to do the MA and then showcase the collection uh, at London Fashion Week with uh, LCF. So it's kind of like yeah, the the path. Um, I want to stay in London, but unfortunately, with Brexit, it was kind of complicated. So I decided to move back to Paris for a little bit, and then COVID happened. So here I'm still uh, in Paris, uh, working on the brand, et voila. How was the fashion scene in London compared to Paris as a fashion student? Paris was kind of my, more complicated than London. I think being at LCF was the best time that I had, actually. Um, I felt it was very welcoming compared to Paris, which is more, you know, um, fashion is a very small crowd. Uh, and London, as, as always, that openness about people, bringing different cultures, being open to new ideas compared to French people. They're very more, you know, they stick to their grounds. Um, change is really hard for them. Uh, it's like, you know, when I moved to London, it was all about stability and how we can change fashion and everything. So I kind of like experienced that there. And then when I moved back to Paris, people started to think, oh, I'm doing upcycling. Uh, stability is very important. I'm like, well, I already heard that, you know, like three years ago when I moved to London. So they're really late in terms of uh, things. But then when they into it, they're like, oh, we had the first one. I'm like, no, <laughs> um, this is very different. But yeah, definitely London was a good experience. Um, very open. 
uh, my tutor at RCF was amazing. Uh, still in touch with them. I'm actually going there end of the month for the new opening uh, of the new building in Stratford. Yeah, I think really good time. It's amazing that you got to experience both cities sort of as a student in a way. I think that's, I think to be in Paris and London must have been amazing for your student life. So that's so cool. So you were doing your bachelor's and then you went on to do a fashion master's in design. But did you not have any design experience before doing that master's? So I did some fashion during my applied arts. I've always been kind of like self-taught. So anything I want to do, I just find the books and just practice, practice, practice. So that was the case for pattern cutting because um, I love construction. So I'm like, I'm obsessed with it. Um, and also this is why I love tailoring. And it's also why I didn't go straight to MA and I wanted to do a graduate diploma. The idea was to first make sure I have the basic skills needed. And I learned the way uh, fashion is taught in the UK first. Um, but then for me, design can be shared across fields. You know, if you do a product like a shoe bag or a table or a chair, is the same process that you can use. So doing a, like garments will be the same. So just like use the same skills, but on a different uh, outcome. I came across your work and then I saw your collection at Paris Fashion Week in June. So the menswear collection. And I thought it was amazing. And I want to talk about how you brought in um, the technology aspect, which you mentioned. But before that, I wanted to just know how you got to Paris Fashion Week, because I feel there's so many aspiring designers and the dream is to be at a fashion week. But how did you actually make it onto the fashion week so early on after graduating? So uh, it's kind of a long, a bit, a bit long story. Um, so what happened, I moved back to Paris. I worked a bit, free, uh, not freelance, but like kind of like part-time for Louis Hermès and did like some um, work there. And then, you know, we got straight into quarantine with COVID. So the, only, the first thing I did was getting fabrics on the day that everything was about to close and lock myself in the basement uh, with my sewing machine. And I was going to like, okay, we know what's going on in life. So let's focus on creating something new and, you know, not really worry about like what's going to happen outside of the world. Um so what I did then was starting to meet people in Paris. Um, I met one person that introduced me to the Federation, plus to a PR, plus to this, and then step by step, um, I signed a contract with my first PR in Paris. So then we met the Federation, because uh, then they were aware of my brand. Uh, they saw the potential also because it was during COVID time. Uh, a lot of people left the calendar uh, because you know, it was a situation of like, okay, there's not many people uh, in Paris, not international brands. And it was at the right time, I think, uh, even though it's very challenging to stay in the calendar because, you know, it's very demanding to have like a six month schedule and make sure everything you deliver uh, because people expect you to deliver every single time and get better and better. But that's now how it works. You know, sometimes you have more finance, sometimes less finance, sometimes you're more inspired or sometimes you're like, you have, you know, life happened and you just have um, other stuff to do as well. Um, so, yeah, so I applied uh, in September 2021 uh, and I got the call in November, in the following November telling me like, hey, okay, welcome to the family. And I'm like, oh God, there's no collection. 
no design, no range plan, nothing. So I have literally a month and two weeks to make an entire collection. Uh, and I did it. So that's more or less how I got into it. So I'm still in the uh, presentation format because um, I really want to wait to have the resources to jump to uh, runway uh, because it's a lot of money to, to put a runway show uh, if you want to do it the right way. Um, so voila, that's how I got into it. When you had to create that collection in one month, like what is your process to do that? Well, actually, I was in London at the time because I went to see my friend for like a photo shoot. I was like, okay, well, I need to design. So of course, my brand, I know what I want to say with it. So every collection is like a way to go deeper in the brand aesthetic. So it wasn't like, okay, this season we're going to change it. We do something very new, um, with disruptive with what's been done previously. So I sketched for like, I think, a couple of days uh, with my team. Then we established like a planned collection and then straight to 3D pattern cutting. So directly we could see what to change, what to fit uh, on the avatar. And then from this, like we put the pattern and made all the pieces. All I remember to be honest is like being there until like two, three in the morning um, for like a month, no Christmas, nothing, because also it was the time like COVID was back up. So it was like, we avoid everyone. Uh, don't want to see everyone. So let's say in the studio, we've even had like New Year's Eve party with my, uh, with my team because we were like, okay, we don't care about like, you know, the rest. We just want to make sure the collection is like finished. It was quite like intense. Uh, but look here in Paris, we have all the resources like nearby. Um, so yeah, it was kind of like difficult in a way. It's like, you know, intense, but it was easy because everything was there to, to help. Obviously, you mentioned that you used these 3D pattern cutting softwares. Also, in your actual show, in your presentation, as well as having your physical garments shown with models, you also had the 3D, like a 3D runway that was projected in the middle of your show to showcase the same garment, but in the 3D version. I wanted to understand why, first of all, how you use these technologies, what the benefit is, and then why did you choose to showcase this in your actual presentation as well? I'll start with like why I use it. So when I moved back to Paris, I wanted to learn Lectra or Gerber, but found out really quickly it's like very complicated software, not very made for designers, so I gave up. And during my time in LCF, I came across Claude 3D, uh, so I wanted to experiment a little bit. So one of my friends showed me the, the tool and I was like, okay, great. I have something that can, you know, save me, uh, the hustle of like making so many twirling, uh, sampling before getting the right result. That was my main point because I remember being at LCF doing one loop per week was kind of like insane at the, back in the days. Now I can make like three looks in a week. So <laughs> of course it saves time. But the main goal was sustainability. How can I reduce the impact of my creative process and product development process? So that was the first goal. So actually the first call, uh, presentation at Paris Fashion Week, we had those like 3D uh, walking ghost effects models, as well as the real model with the real garments in the video. Um, and people were like, wait, what? Um, so it was kind of an introduction. And for last year, um, 
are partnered with Style3D, which is the now the leading software in the 3D pattern cutting area. Uh, and I became really close to them because we work hand in hand. I give them feedback. Uh, they help and support me as well. And I was like, okay, guys, you know what? Let's do something. Let's try to go next level. And let's make uh, a short video of the four kind of more complicated couture pieces of the show in 3D. So people, they will see the 3D and then they'll see the real clothes. And then they're like, oh my God, actually, it's not about communication. You know, it's about how the craft and the skill are preserved with technology. So you had the four looks and then you had the real looks coming and you're like, oh my God, that guy is like doing everything on 3D, but then he can actually make them in real. I love that. It's almost like you're archiving it in the digital world, but then showcasing what can be done with this technology. Plus you have it in the physical form. That's absolutely, I love the whole idea behind that. I think it's so cool. And I love that you decided to showcase it in your presentation because you could have easily have just kept it as your process in the manufacturing of the garments. But the fact that you've had this message is really, really cool. I really like it. But do you think that consumer education around this technology is important and is the main reason you want to do it personally with your brand for the sustainability aspect? To me, it's definitely for the sustainability aspect. Of course, on the way, I found ways to make a lot, make save time, like a lot of time because I can archive everything. Um, sometimes I do freelance for clients that actually want to develop their collection or anything. So we use this tool because some people, they don't know anything about you know, fashion and they want to make something. And you're like, okay, look at the sample. And you're like, oh my God, just like, this is fast to have an idea. Even before spending anything on like fabric or twirling, which is really great. Also to me, uh, like recently I did a post on like LinkedIn. I explained how much money I saved in a year and how much see how to save. It was like five tons of CO2 and like a hundred K per year. And people said to realize like, oh, actually, yeah, we don't have data because no one is doing it. And I have data, so I need to actually dig it to understand how actually how much I save. And I started to be approached by, you know, big groups, big groups and big brands uh, because they're like, okay, we have a problem. We're doing so many sampling and it takes too much time and like we maybe we need to find a solution. And also because of the new law of like not destroying samples and, you know, the stability aspects. They're really questioning how they can improve their process and pipeline. So here I am, like giving advice. Um, in terms of the consumer, I I explain to them. Uh, they don't. Most of them they don't. They don't really know uh, what's what is it about. Um, but they can understand more the fun aspect of it, um, which is like, oh, can you make you know the avatar my size? Can you make this? And yeah, sure. So. We can have, you know, a bit of fun with it. Um, and also it's one thing I didn't really like during the COVID or just like after. It's you start to hear about like, you know, metaverse and all these aspects. It became the idea of creating demand more than responding to the demand. Uh, we don't need to be in a, you know, wear a headset and like wear virtual clothes because at the end of the day we're humans. We, we want touch, we want real, you know, connections. And to me, that was more responding, responding to this compared to just doing 3D for like fun and the sake of it and like creating something that we don't actually don't need. That's why I just love what you're doing. I think it's really the future of all fashion because it is this combination of using this digital technology with physical. So it's it's so cool. 
And in that way, I also wanted to ask, how do you balance traditional fashion techniques with innovation? Because obviously both are equally as important. Because I'm able to save a lot of time uh, by using the 3D technology, when we it comes to making the actual clothes, we have more time. So, and there's one thing you can't deny in fashion, it's like when there's time put in a garment. Um, because, you know, fast fashion, you can see it's like basic seam and everything. And the more time you put into a garment, the more well-finished it is. When it's tailoring, you know, there's like all this in-layer canvas um, interfacing and everything that goes into it, all the basting. So it's where the magic really happens. Um, the technology brings newness and save time but then the skills you know when you do embroidery you want to do embroidery on 3d even though you could do some stuff but at the end of the day it's like how it looks how it moves how it shines with the light and, um, on the products yeah the the craft is very important whether you like the aesthetic or not you can't deny craft and time uh, that's why i see it and what advice would you give to designers who are in university now would you say 100% learn these 3D softwares or would you say focus more on perfecting your physical craft and then you can learn the 3D software or hire someone to do it for you in the future? What What is the main thing that you would say to focus on? I, it's really hard because I'm also teaching now this uh, 3D software at a school in Paris. Um, the class was... 19 students last year now they are 37 <laughs> i think i did a good job last year <laughs> um and there's two class now as well so it's like growing and i have most of the school of paris calling me like oh yeah we want you to teach our students and everything and i'm like guys yeah, yeah i understand but you know i can't be everywhere um so definitely learn some 3d skills because i think i can't say name but most brands now are opening step-by-step step slowly departments for this area on how this can support a creative director and creative team studio to do less um, sampling and have more, you know, hands-on um, practice. Because, you know, it's made for pattern cultures, but also for designers. And it's made as a kind of an illustrator before 3D. So it really helps you create something very fast, even though it can it can be wrong the pattern, but if the design in 3D doesn't look good, it won't look good in real. And this is one point. Um, you can have some surprises, of course, it's not 100% uh, sure technology, but it really helps. Uh, so definitely, yeah, focus on, you know, creating your vision. Um, make sure you know how to make quality garments because it makes a difference. Uh, when you hired and learn the new technology that's, you know, is going to be like everywhere in like two, three, four, five years. Yeah. That's amazing that you have your, that you're teaching as well. I didn't know that. And the fact that the class almost doubled, it's this kind of stuff that's going to improve the industry. Are you exploring any other avenues of innovation in your personal brand? Things like AI, obviously, or just anything else, or is it really just for you more of that product development? aspect of it uh no i'm a big nerd so <laughs> uh as much as i'm a nerd in pattern cutting and like looking for every single books in the world about pattern cutting and difference and tailoring uh, i have a huge collection now 
I'm a native of technology. So lately I've been exploring with Midjourney uh, Runway, which is an app that you can put an image and it turns into a video. Um, and it really helped me over the summer because people usually they come to my brand, they like the thing, but like what you're about, you know, and I'd start to explain to them like the idea of growth and changing and human transformation and uh, this idea of like being sensitive and delicate and always changing, moving. And they find it very kind of like abstract. Um, so I said to play around with flowers, uh, which I think represents the, this idea of like blooming and how, you know, you think you know yourself, but there's always another layer coming in a changing state. Um, so I've been animating uh, flowers with that uh, AI app. And it just, I don't know, makes me happy. <laughs> I love the word. It's like, oh, wow. Um, and it just brings storytelling in a creative way. Um, so it creates kind of like an environment and a, you know, brand aesthetic I really like. I also did uh, a digital AI campaign for the hearings I made. Uh, so the one on my website currently, it's entirely AI, except the hearing is Photoshop. I have my fun with it. And I know, I think yesterday or the day before, Adobe announced the new tools for AI which is crazy, like crazy text to video, text to vector uh, illustrator, text to, uh, well, so many things. I was like, oh my God, this is really challenging um, because I think if you don't get on quickly with these uh, new tools, you might be left out in the industry. Uh, I don't think, you know, it's going to replace humans because we need to be there to like do the prompts and change it and be even like to push. It will save time for sure. Might cut a couple of jobs for sure. <laughs> but I think if you know how to master it, it just makes life easier. Uh, you know, as a young brand, and I'm not that we're not that many in the team, we're like three at the moment. Uh, me having AI and stuff like that is just like a way to save so much time to produce quality work without, you know, compromising on um, let's say financially, because you know, I can't spend too much at the moment. And this is really why I was so drawn to your brand and your work, because like you were describing with your latest collection, the Another Layer and the whole concept behind it, and then how you're playing around with this flower and the idea of blooming, but using AI. It's like these deep concepts, but using these new technologies, still embracing them. And I feel like that is the epitome of like modern a modern designer, like a modern fashion brand, because you're embracing these new technologies, but it's not all that you're about it's not taking the soul and like the creative expression out of what you're doing so I really love that and the way you described that I think is really valuable to know as well I want to ask you more about the whole concept behind your collection as well so where did this desire come from um it's more like a journey um I think the first thing that came uh that crossed my path was actually my time at LCF I came across like a fashion study uh, called Pleats of Matter, Folds of the Soul. And it was this idea that the garment that you wear and hold the folds express all your emotions uh, folded inside. And as you change and you grow and you move, things are unfolding. And by, by moving your clothes, you unfold your own emotions and your own um, vision and self, I would say. Um, and from this key idea, I kind of like play around and each collection 
it's like trying to in, kind of yeah, interpret this idea. Uh, so the first one from uni was called Body of Folds. So it's like a collection made of different kind of folds. So you had the box splits, the pleated things, the inverted pleats, the plissé uh, sometimes. And then from this idea became the layering because, you know, it gives you an idea of multiple layers. The first postgraduate collection was called uh, Heroes Within. You know, it's all about looking inside, looking at the past you don't want to see, looking at the shadow, but in the shadow, there's always light. So it's also shifting, you know, what happens in life uh, that we don't really want to experience, but there's always beauty in it. Um, Sometimes it can become very, very personal um, or previous trauma I've had, and it becomes a way to kind of like get liberated from it. Um, I try to avoid to speak too much about it because I want to see people to um, to dive into it on their own way and not like, okay, it's just self-expressing, this is pointless. Uh, but it's not the point. It's like, I've done it, you can do it in a new way as well. Um, so yeah, the Fall Winter Collection was Water Boys. A bit more light, I would say, because it was this idea to take water as a metaphor for emotions. And, you know, water can be very soft, like a river, or it can be very raging, you know, like a, a storm. Um, so we play really around this idea and we created print, uh, jacquards, uh, and you have this like pleated tool, like uh, tailor jacket that just looks like crashing waves onto the, like, the chest. Uh, a bit more romantic, a bit more soft. Another layer was more to like the last one you've seen. It was really about this idea of like, okay, you think you reach a point in your life okay you'd like okay i know and i'm sure of everything and then there's actually another layer and you're like oh fuck actually <laughs> there's it's it's never ending and we have to understand that so but you can still be beautiful um it's hard it's long it's tough but you know it's beautiful at the end of the day Wow, I love all of the concepts like you said it's very personal to you and it's very profound and I feel like it's so amazing to be able to materialize this into physical items. But there must be challenges as well when you're doing that. What were the challenges in having that balance between still staying true to this message that you wanted to have and like express this profound feeling you wanted to express, but still creating commercial garments? How do you do that? So one of the first challenges, like making sure the people get the message. Some people, they will dive into it and like, oh my God, this is very personal. There's like a soul to the brand. But the difficulty with it is, you know, fashion is all about hype lately and entertainment. Um, in the opposite, you have Jack Moose that talks about suffer friends, lemons, you know, easiness. Um, I'm not doing easy here. So lately I'm working on the storytelling, how to simplify it as much as possible so people can be like, okay, wow, it's about this. And so they don't have to, you know, read to feel they can belong to the brand as well. So this is one of the challenge. Then of course comes the commercial aspect of it. And if they were making clothes, you know, we're making black jackets. So how this idea of change and beauty and deli delicate and romance gets embodied into a garment. Uh, this is the creative part, right? Uh, which is the fun I love. It's more, yeah, I would say it's more doing the, on the marketing side, um, message out there, which is a bit more trickier, 
but I'm working on it at the moment to make sure people get attracted and then they start reading and then it comes to full circle uh, story. I think it's so amazing hearing you explain this because you realize how much goes into making a collection. Like you see the end result as a consumer or as a fashion fan and you don't realize that it's all this emotion from you and your creation and the creative process of that, the logistics of making it, the technical skill of making it, and then also thinking of the branding, the storytelling. It makes it all even more so impressive and makes me admire your brand even more so it's like so so cool and the fact that you're able to also consider sustainability in this as well is so amazing what advice would you give to a young aspiring designer who's just getting started should they just focus on really their creative expression thinking about what they want to make the storytelling should they learn the more business side what would you have wanted to know like just when you were starting off your career it's really interesting because the industry is changing, not changing every two years, but almost every six months now. Recently, I read the book One Granary with all the interviews from the last one they made. Incredible. And one of the interviews that just struck me was, oh, yeah, uh, schools are teaching students to you know develop their vision, but it's not enough. Um, and I would say it's true because maybe it was true like five, six years ago, you, you know, it's about your vision. Not anymore. It's about your vision. Who do you know? Uh, being able to collaborate with other people, being very curious and unique. And also, which is really sad lately, um, people with finance get more into the business, which is really unfair because there's so many tons of people. I got lucky because I managed to get the found to get to the MA, but otherwise I wouldn't be here. Um, it's like if there's many elements to how to become successful, what I will say is no matter how long it takes for you to make your dream happen, you don't, you, you can't give up. If there's this inner fire, you can't give up. It's going to take time. It's going to be frustrated because you might see some of your peers like getting faster where you want to be, but it doesn't mean you're going to stay, even though they might be have more money or more fame or whatever you, they have more than you. Sometimes it just go up and it could go down as quicker. So it doesn't mean anything. Um, so be patient, develop your vision, your skills, know how to make garments one more time um, because it makes a difference. Maybe not at the beginning, but the one that lasts are the one that has really good technical skills. That's my main point. Wow, that was perfect advice. I see why your class has doubled in the last year. I, I think it'd be amazing to be taught by you. It's That was such good advice. I want to ask you then as a final question or second to last final question, what is your future vision for your brand? Uh, <laughs> um, interesting. I really want to keep going on developing um, what I'm doing. Uh, like I said before, I'm refining the message at the moment so it can be heard a bit better. Of course, I want the brand to grow, but I don't want to be just a meaningless brand. It has to keep the soul. So if I compare to like the previous years, Marine Serre is now quite big now and known. I think her level would be nice. Um, the level of Jacques Mus, I think it goes too fast, too big. Uh, so I don't know about that. 
In a couple of months, I'm moving to a new studio with Style3D. So it's going to be the first hub of 3D fashion design and technology in Paris. Uh, so I'm a bit spoiling you, but it's uh, we are about to we're waiting to sign the contract basically. Um, it's going to be really exciting because they're going to bring so much technology. We're going to have the space, so that's going to help me and them to have more awareness and really change uh, the industry. Of course, I would want for the brand to move to uh, runway shows, but it's step by step. I keep it safe, I would say, more than you know going in every directions. So developing the women's wear. Uh, the men's accessories, bags, shoes, um, and going the brand uh, more direct to consumer with few retailers. Um, that's the vision for now. I can't wait to see more about that, about your new studio with Style3D. That sounds like a dream. It's so, so, so cool. And then the final question I have for you is what do you think the future of fashion is? Good one. Because um, I had this question like, Two, two, three years ago, and I was like, yeah, it's going to be this, this, and then, oh my God, this is nothing that I expected, expected. Sorry, I think we're hitting a place where people get really bored at the moment. We talk about, you know, fashion shows and it just becomes entertainment. And I find people very respectful. You know, you, you, they all show up at shows and there's like all this street style thing. It's great that fashion happens to everyone, but it's becoming absurd in a way that it becomes a place where you want to be seen and not go there to evaluate comments and understand the collection and the essence of the industry which is clothes making when i speak with you know um, journalists or designers there's all the same vibe of like oh god you know they're so tired exhausted to run from shows to shows and not have time to really discover the brand and products um so people are tired but then you go on Instagram and it looks perfect and beautiful, but it's not true. So I think something's going to change and expose because we can't keep going this way. Jobs are going to change. AI is going to bring uh, change. Technology in general is going to bring change. Um, and we're seeing this also with creative directors. You know, Now they're being hired from like in-house position, from head of collection, director of collection to creative director. Uh, less, you know, the one-off uh, young designer there and like, okay, let's put him with no skills and then, oh, it doesn't work, no shit, <laughs> you know. Uh, makes sense, doesn't work. Um, so it's getting more in a way that I we should go back to traditions in a way that, you know, about garments and less hype. Um, it would be nicer for everyone, um, a more natural rhythm. <laughs> Yeah, I couldn't agree more. I feel like what you were saying about hype, I feel like this year, just looking at this year, especially through social media, there's been so much hype around fashion. It sort of sped everything up. And I think it's also with the garments that are being made. There's so much, which is, it's amazing that Instagram offers this platform for unknown designers to showcase their work and they can really be hyped up on Instagram. But I feel like in that way as well, sometimes you see something on Instagram and you're like, oh, that's cool. And then you sort of look deeper. You're like, is it cool or is it just a bit wacky? And then like a trendy image. So I think, and I think because of that, it almost ramped up so many new cool trends. But then now it has no choice but to go back to, but who are the people that are actually creating quality garments and like actually have the skill? And then it's the same with these creative director roles as well. So I think even though it's all been sped up this year, and like you said, it's changing every six months, I feel like the only choice is to go back to more traditional ways because 
it's more surface level what we've got now and the and the cracks show in the end so I feel like it's good advice it's perfect advice you've given of really learn to make clothes like if you're wanting to be a designer you can have the hype you can have that side but if you really need to back it up with your skill as well and your vision so I think that's the perfect advice I think everything that you're doing is so inspirational so amazing I can't wait to see and watch your brand grow so thank you so so much thank you very much it was a pleasure too Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets and so much more download the app in virginia today and get 150 dollars in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at betmgm betmgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly see betmgm.com for terms 21 plus only virginia only new customer offer subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days please gamble responsibly gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER promotional offer not available in washington dc